This Tuesday, November 28th, NBA in-season betting picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim a risk-free bet of up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Plus, this Monday and Tuesday, everything is 20% off in the merch store with the promo code CYBER. That's C-Y-B-E-R, store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and use our promo code CYBER for Today, only 20% off in the merch store. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, November the 28th, currently 11-10 on the East Coast. Here to get into the final day of the group stage play for the NBA in-season tournament. And joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the MLB, the, of course, here on the NBA, and, of course, the NFL as well. It's Scott Studer-Rachel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Not nothing much. Looking forward to the games today. I know this is one of the final days of the group stage. It's been a pretty interesting tournament so far. I feel like most people like it after criticizing the concept of it before it started. Yeah. Overall, I think it could be better executed, but it is the first trial run, so I think it will be improved moving forward. Overall, not bad. You know, I think it's fine. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know if it was last Friday or last Tuesday, like some of the games that were going like right down to the wire, I think that it that at that point it felt like it was, you know, an actual like tournament that the players actually cared about, or I think that people... Uh, more importantly, the players were kind of getting up to speed because I know like at the beginning of um, when the group stage initially started, a lot of players didn't know what the hell was going on and what they had to do. But um, I think, like you mentioned, it's it's turned into a pretty good tournament. I'm sure they're going to, um, you know, make some tweaks on it if they want to keep it next season. But um, yeah, it, it's uh, the last day. We'll, um, I did pull up a sheet. Uh, we'll kind of go through. Obviously, we'll handicap every game here and I'll kind of throw out the scenarios on what each team needs uh, that's still alive, at least to advance to the knockout round. Um, and we'll break down those scenarios and how that may affect our handicapping, whether it's side total uh, player props or the case might be, but um, I'm pretty sure you have a rant from last night. So we're going to call this the Scott's rant here. So I think you're, I already know where you're probably going with this, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the floor. Well, there's two teams to talk about, but one team we already know was bad. That's the Pistons. I'm not going to bother with them. But shout out to them for losing at home to Washington by double digits. So that's that's not a good look uh, for Monty yeah. and for the Pistons. I think they've lost, what is it, 12 straight at the moment? What is that? Yeah, I think. like 2-15 and 15 now? Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, it's not good. And Cade's been healthy, so not exactly a good look. Uh, but the yeah. main one I got to talk about, of course, was the late game. Because if I told you the number 56, what would be the first thing on your mind? The number six from the game last night between the Clippers and the just in general. Uh, I couldn't tell you. So if it was baseball, you think of DiMaggio's hit streak. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. 56 is the number of points in 2023 that Reggie Jackson 
and DeAndre Jordan combined to score against. I was going to say Reggie Jackson scored. It was Reggie, but... it was Reggie Jackson <laughs> and DeAndre Jordan combined. They scored fifty six points last night. <laughs> that is uh, that's something. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's not good if you're the Clippers, but. I don't know if I really need to rant on it because I ranted initially when mm-hmm. the trade happened and I said I think the Clippers are going to miss the playoffs. And I can't even say that they got into better form lately because they played San Antonio. Congrats. And the Rockets, no offense, are over on the road. So they won mm-hmm. that game. They didn't cover. But still, the point is they did win a game or two. This team's a disaster. There's really no way around it. They can't guard anybody which is not a shock because I know Westbrook's coming off the bench now, but Harden doesn't guard anyone. Even Paul George was looked disinterested last night. I know that he went like, what did he go? Three? Two of like, what is, two of like two 13, 13 or something? Three of, I got to pull up the numbers, but he was terrible. Yeah, uh, Kawhi has been fine for the most part, but defensively he's not the same guy that he used to be. Zubak is, once again, a kind of guy that doesn't exactly guard well in the pick and roll because he's bigger. And he's kind of a lumbering big man, which is growing more and more obsolete in today's NBA. But Paul George last night ended up going two for 13, scored six points. They got outscored by 20 on their home floor in the fourth quarter. If, in case you weren't aware of it, by the way, it wasn't even just Jokic. Jokic didn't play. Murray's still injured. And Aaron Gordon didn't play. So they lost to Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan, and Michael Porter Jr. Got outscored by 20 at home in the fourth quarter. At, at some point, you know, there's just words can't really describe it. You got to just read off the stats. Getting outscored 36 to 16 on your home floor in a game that you kind of, I don't want to say need to win because the Clippers are, it's a long way to go in the season, but you've been in kind of disaster mode for the last couple of weeks since the Harden trade. Yep. You lose this game. I, I mean, I don't have much more to add, but it tells you once again why I've been so low on the Clippers and why I think the Harden trade is one of the worst midseason trades that I've ever seen. I said it as soon as it happened. This one, it, this loss in itself is comical on several levels, and I wanted to bring it up because losing this game under these circumstances is embarrassing. And I feel like people keep saying, or at least some people are saying, well, they'll figure it out. Ty Lue's going, yeah, 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 well, it's a work in progress. No, this team just sucks. Like, I don't, yep. I don't know how much more to add. I think that this team is not going to make the playoffs. Unfortunately, the odds plummeted already a couple weeks ago as they are now plus 115 to miss. This current construction, without any more trades, they will not make the playoffs. I'll tell you that much. At what point do you think Kawhi and or Paul George demand a trade? It's a good question because you have injury history with both. I don't know what the market is for Kwai. Paul George okay. has been healthy at times, and I know that Kwai, his ceiling, made, made him at times a top three player in the league. Yeah. We saw that with his Raptors run. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade for Kwai. Would you trade for Kwai? Um, I don't know how many games he lasts per season. Yeah, And his I contract think- in itself, I don't know what you'd actually be willing to give up to get him. Yeah, I think that's that would be the biggest hurdle is the contracts that both of those guys have. And I think now looking at it in hindsight, I think that the Paul George trade uh, is probably the worst, one of the worst, if not the worst trade that has gone down in NBA history with the Thunder and um, the Clippers. And then I think we can... The I know that's trades up, up there with KG and Paul Pierce. That's definitely yeah. Great. I don't think they give up like a lot for Harden, but I think that true basketball fans know that 
when Harden came into this organization or any other organization after he went to uh, to the Rockets, it kind of goes south very quickly. And I think for right now, the Clippers are kind of at that bottom of the barrel. Like you mentioned, they'll beat up on the on the weaker opponents that did that against the San Antonio Spurs. But, you know, who's doing that right now or who's not doing that right now? But, yeah, I don't know, man. I think we anytime you see the Clippers favored, you, you just got to fade them uh, 100%. And again, just because of the names that are on their roster, they're going to be favored more times than not uh, in their uh, in their in their games. But I think also, Scott, you mentioned Reggie Jackson last night. He did it in a very efficient way as well, like 15 of 19 from the yeah. floor. I don't know if a lot of people are watching the game or not, but he was absolutely cooking uh, James Harden uh, and getting to the basket fairly easily in that game. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I-, I wasn't shocked at the result last night, uh, even without Jokic or and Gordon. I mean, it's just it's it's typical at this point for this team. But, yeah, anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, just to be clear about the Kawhi contract situation, he does have an opt-out after this year. Uh, his player option is about $48 million, but with the actual salary cap going up and with the amount others are getting paid, I'm assuming he's going to opt-out. I don't know if he actually... I, it's kind of tricky. I'm assuming one team would probably give him a couple years and more money, but with the injuries he's had, I don't think it's as foregone of a conclusion mm-hmm. as people might think. But one one bad team is going to be desperate enough. Yeah. I would want to play for them. Yeah, I think like only. T- I mean, does he go across the street to, uh, or across the uh, the hallway to the Lakers? I mean, do the Lakers can have a package them? that they can put together for Kawhi? Yeah, and that's another question: Can they afford him? So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think I just wanted to kind of throw out there that if there's a scenario that it comes to the trade deadline, even this year, that you know they just absolutely blow it up. Maybe I think the scapegoat might be Russell Westbrook, as he has been all throughout his career. But uh, scapegoat's um, going to be Ty Lue midseason, by the way. Like if they don't turn it around at all, Ty Lue's going to be fired because they have to blame somebody. Who's even on their they don't, bench? Like, do they make the, a, the ownership doesn't want to admit that they've made some of the worst trades of all time, and they're just compounding the issue? But we see this all the time. We saw it, for example, with in the NFL, Frank Reich. Now, Frank Reich is an abysmal head coach, at least with Carolina. Yeah. Is it his fault the roster is abysmal and that they ended up giving up like a decent amount of draft capital to draft the wrong quarterback with the first pick in the draft? No, it's not his fault. Yeah. He's going to get blamed for yeah. it. Yeah, 100%. All right. Uh, all right, Scott, before we get into the actual games here for tonight, uh, let me tell everyone about Bet Rivers. We're brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is available in over 14 states plus Ontario, Canada. Bet Rivers has some of the best live betting markets. In the space, their betting menu is second to none, including a ton of props. Depositing and withdrawing is super easy on Bet Rivers. Sign up with our link to get a risk-free bet up to five hundred dollars. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash Bet Rivers. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash Bet Rivers. Problem gambling? Call one eight hundred Gambler. All right, Scott. Let's get into the uh, tournament games here for tonight. Again, like I mentioned, the last day of the uh, tournament games here, and we'll start it off here with an Eastern Conference battle between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. Currently, as it stands, the Bucks are a three-point favorite uh, with a total of two twenty-seven uh, in this game. Uh, let me pull up the injury report here for today. The latest one should be for 10.30. Yep. Uh, let's see here. All right. This so for the Milwaukee. Matters, so. 
Yeah. So for the Milwaukee Bucks, um, Jay Crowder is out. Uh, we know Chris Middleton is officially listed as questionable here tonight. And then for the Miami Heat, uh, Bam is probable with questionable tags. Uh, sorry, Bam's probable and Duncan Robinson's probable. And then questionable tags on Jimmy Butler and uh, Haywood Highsmith for the uh, Miami Heat. Uh, let me find that page where I had the scenarios for um, what needs to transpire here tonight for some of these teams. Uh, um, Scott, while you uh, give your handicap. Yeah, for me, point is Milwaukee's going to have to care about this game because they have not officially wrapped up the uh, group. So I do think that Milwaukee's going to come out and win this game. Miami's made games interesting against Milwaukee, as, of course, we saw the playoff round last year. But I do think that the Bucks are the better team. The problem that I have with Miami in this matchup is the fact that even though the Bucs are not great defensively, I still don't think Miami's that good offensively. So I do think mm-hmm. that Milwaukee can outscore this team. Milwaukee did win the first meet in the season by eight. Very misleading scoreline. Miami had a massive run in the fourth quarter to make the game interesting. Milwaukee was up by about 20 in that game. Uh, probably more. Uh, they got outscored by 16 in the fourth quarter. Milwaukee led by as big as – they had a lead of 25 points in that game. So Milwaukee have already seen dominate, at least matchup-wise, against this team. I'm going to link to Milwaukee. I know that people might be tempted by Miami in this particular matchup because of the playoff history and because of what happened last year. But looking at the actual roster, the fact that Hero is still out, and the fact that Butler, as of right now, is questionable. I'm assuming he's going to play, but you never know with Miami. That's why they're mm-hmm. a very annoying team to bet on or against on a regular basis because they wait until the last minute to announce the actual injury report. But I do think looking at the spot, I'm going to link to Milwaukee. Maybe there's a little extra chip on their shoulder based on what happened in the playoffs last year where Milwaukee knows they cannot overlook this team under any circumstance. I'm going to link to Milwaukee. It seems like they have cared more about this actual tournament than most teams. Milwaukee's actually the betting favorite to win the tournament, which I think is pretty telling because the mm-hmm. Celtics, for example, have better odds to win the Eastern Conference and to win the NBA Finals, but the Bucks are the betting favorite to win the tournament. So for me, that tells me that the odds makers actually believe Milwaukee cares more than the other teams. That's good enough for me. I'll link to Milwaukee laying a short number. Yeah, so the scenario for the Milwaukee Bucks um, is they can qualify to the knockout stage or the quarterfinals, whatever you want to call it, uh, with two different scenarios. So the simple one is they they win and they clinch the group. Um, and then uh, the second scenario for them to clinch the group is a uh, victory by the Knicks, and then Milwaukee wins the tiebreaker over the Knicks and the Miami Heat. So the tiebreaker, the first tiebreaker, I think this was maybe something me and you talked about or uh, me and Terrell talked about was it's point differential first. Uh, yeah. That's the uh, tiebreaker. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. I like Milwaukee here, minus the three. Uh, and again, for Tiebreaker scenarios, I expect them to put out, you know, get as many points up as possible. Because if you watch some of these games that happen on the, you know, the Tuesday night and the Friday night schedule, these teams know that you need that point differential. And I mean, last Friday is a case in point where I think uh, it was both the, the, the Denver Larry Nuggets. Nance, the Larry Nance dunk and stuff like that. Yeah. So the, they're still keeping their starters out there with like a minute and a half left with some of these teams were out by like 12, 13 points, knowing that they need that point differential here. So, um, 
Long story short, give me Milwaukee minus a three here. Total sitting at 227 here. Scott, any thoughts on the total? Uh, I want to lean over because Milwaukee can't guard anybody. But the question is, with the stakes involved, because it's the final play-in group stage game, am I expecting more of a playoff atmosphere? Which is why you can make an argument that it's a dangerous idea, but conceptually, since these games do matter a lot to some teams, assuming that both teams actually care about the games, wouldn't you expect more of a playoff atmosphere just in general? So wouldn't you be I more? Would, yeah. yeah, wouldn't you be more inclined to lean to an under in this type of spot? So yeah. I'm going to lean under. Do I feel great about it? No. Milwaukee doesn't guard anybody. I'm aware of that, but I do think that M- Miami's still playing for something, right? They have not been eliminated, so this game is going to matter for both teams. Yeah. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna lean to the under in this game, hoping for more of a playoff atmosphere. It's dangerous, but I'm not, I definitely don't want to take the over in the spot because Miami doesn't exactly uh, play lights out offense anyway. Head to head, by the way, is the initial tiebreaker followed by point differential. Uh, so that okay. is definitely worth mentioning. But I do think looking at this overall spot, I might be leaning to a lot of unders today. It is the final first uh, it is the final matchups of the first round of the group stage. Right. And I do think that you're going to see maybe referees swallow their whistles a bit more. Bit mm-hmm. of a game by me, but I'm going to lean to the under for some of these games. Yeah, so Milwaukee, pretty much like we mentioned, they're in the driver's seat, right? They're 3-0 in the tournament thus far. Um, they've been averaging 123.7 points uh, in the group stage while giving up 110 as well. And they have a point differential right now of plus 13. Um, and again, obviously, they've won uh, every single game uh, in the stage. So, And then the Knicks and the Heat are both sitting at 2-1 uh, in their scenarios. And right now Milwaukee does have that huge point differential as well. So uh, keep that in mind, like Scott mentioned, whether you're, if you're betting, you know, totals here tonight um, under may just be the way here tonight. Um, but again, I think that there may be value in those second half overs because, you know, so like I mentioned, some of these teams do need those point differentials uh, um, to, for those tiebreakers as yeah, well. Some of these teams All do right. Milwaukee, Milwaukee doesn't care. They just need to win. The game. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. Uh, All right. So, uh, let's get to, over to the next game here, Scott. Another Eastern Conference matchup. We got the Charlotte Hornets. They are in uh, the. Uh, they're in New York, uh, taking on the New York Knicks. So Knicks currently as a twelve point favorite in this game with a total of two twenty one. Uh, looking at the injury report here for both of these teams for the Charlotte Hornets, um, Lamelo Ball is doubtful here tonight. He suffered a high uh, ankle sprain, strain or strain right I'll be ankle. Out for a couple is, weeks. Yeah, official qualification, his yearly uh, ankle injury. Um, James Boatnight is probable here tonight. He's coming off a left knee surgery. Cody Martin is out. Frank Nilakina is out. And Nick Richards continues to be out as well. He is in concussion protocol. For the New York Knicks, pretty clean injury report. Uh, nobody of significance is on there. Um, and then let's take a look at the scenario here for the New York Knicks. So Knicks. Clinch Group B, if the following occurs, they get the victory plus a Milwaukee loss uh, and the New York wins tiebreaker over Milwaukee and Miami. And then they also clinch uh, a wild card spot if one of the following occurs. They get a victory plus a Miami loss plus a Cleveland loss plus a Boston loss plus a Brooklyn loss. I mean, I'm not going to go through everything because it's just going to confuse people. They just need to come out and win this game and then hope the chips fall in their favor here. So. Scott, minus 12 right now against the Charlotte Hornets team. That's going to be without LaMelo Ball, but they do see the return of Terry Rozier. 
so this is the type of spot that I know Terrell would blindly consider taking Charlotte because why would the Knicks be laying 12? I know that Terrell, I can imagine him just saying there's no way I'm laying 12 with the Knicks in the spot. I am. I'm going to lay 12. I think Charlotte's terrible. And the only, you can argue, saving grace of this team was Lamelo offensively because Lamelo's had a really good year. And I have to point it out. Now, I've been critical of Lamelo in the past. I have, I've called him a stats-based player who doesn't exactly mm-hmm. do the little things to win games, and I still stand by that. But I have to always point out, compared to the rest of the roster, Lamelo is the only player worth a damn on this team, besides Mark Williams, who's been solid as well. But the point is, Lamelo, him being out, I don't know what I even like about the Charlotte team anymore. Like, There's nothing to like about this team. Even if you watch them with Lamelo, his assist numbers this year have had some hit-or-miss performances, not because Lamelo's ball-hogging, but because nobody can hit a jump shot. And I do think that you're looking at a spot where even though Rozier is coming back, you can argue for some player props if you want to kind of balance it out between the Knicks dominating and who might show up for Charlotte. I don't mind Brandon Miller having a decent game, maybe Rozier threes. But there's really nothing to like about the Charlotte team with LaMelo being out. And you mentioned before the Knicks have to win. They faced off a couple weeks ago, and the Knicks curb stomped them in MSG. I see a pretty similar story here. I do think that you're looking at the Knicks – probably winning this game comfortably. Charlotte has nothing to play for. They've been eliminated basically since the event started. I'm not sure if they've even won a game in the tournament. But now Lamelo is out, and they don't have much to look forward to in general. The season's basically over already at this point. And Lamelo is now out for four weeks or so, three, four weeks. I'm going to go with the Knicks. I think they bury this team. They better, I'm just saying, because they have all the momentum. They have all of the motivation. The Hornets have none of that, and Lamelo's out. How is this team going to score? I know that the Knicks offensively have been a bit hit or miss at times, pretty much decent mm-hmm. so far this season. Defensively is always Thibodeau's calling card. Who do you trust on the Charlotte team to actually score? I think the only guy that would come to mind is, is Terry Rozier, but he's coming. I think this is his first game back from injury as well uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. I think he um, played a game or two, but the point is, either uh, way, Charlotte doesn't exactly have many guys that scare you. Bridges has been okay since he came back. Shouldn't be playing in the first place, but whatever. Brennan Orr maybe has a uh, – he had 22 against the Magic. Uh, so this is his second game, Rozier okay. coming back. Yeah. But the point is, I'm going to lead to the Knicks. They have, they have to win this game. Charlotte did win a game, apparently, because they beat the Wizards. Congratulations. You still have no chance of actually making it out of the group stage. So give me the team that's motivated at home against the team missing its best player. I'm going to take the Knicks to win this game by probably 20. Yeah, uh, like you mentioned, these two teams did match up uh, earlier this season where Knicks won 129-107 in one game, and then they won 122-109. So I think this is a game where I'm, I'm with you on the Knicks here, but I think my more favorite play might just be the Knicks team totals in this game to go over. Whether they want to go first quarter, first half, or full game. Um, like you mentioned, and they need the this, point differential. Yeah. And this team is yeah. absolutely terrible, right? They're dead last in defensive rating uh, for the season. So um, I'll try to find that number on their team total here. Uh, give me a second. Let me see if I can find it here. But um, I was just kind of going back and looking at how Charlotte has done in actual and in New York, actually. Um, So head to head overall, the Knicks have won for the last five games and they've put up 134, 121, 105 in a loss. And like I mentioned, 129 and 122 just alone this season. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Knicks here as well. Let me see if we can find a team total for. 
uh, the the Knicks here. One sixteen and a half at minus one twenty. I'll, I'll definitely and they take scored one twenty plus in the first two meetings. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. All right, uh, total. I already mentioned. I'm already on the the Knicks team total. Do you have a feel for the full game total, or are you just looking at Knicks team total? It would have to be over, if anything, but I can't take it with Lamelo being out. So I'd rather do what you did, which is completely ignore Charlotte entirely and just take the Knicks yeah. to show up in a game that they need to win by margin. So I'll go with the Knicks team total over as well. Um, player props. I don't think I asked about that in the Heat and Bucks game. Oh, sorry, yeah, the Heat and Bucks game. But uh, Hornets and Knicks. Anything as far as player props? The thing is, I'm worried about a blowout. But the yeah. Knicks are they just going to run up the score? Are they bulletproof in this game because they need to get some to get some differential? I would think they play like 45 of the 48 minutes, honestly. Like if they need they the play points, that much. I mean, if they're up by like if they're up by like 20 with three minutes left, I think that's maybe when they pull the starters at that point. But and because I think this game is going on at the same time as the as the Heat and uh the Milwaukee game. Just to ask, by the way, if the Knicks win this game, do Mm -hmm. they automatically clinch a spot or they also need to run point differential still? So I think there's a couple scenarios where because the problem right now is that, okay, the Bucks get in if they win, right? They'll be they'll clinch this. Uh, this, the group, obviously. I'm but, assuming it's interesting if Miami wins. Then it gets very interesting. Yeah, then it gets interesting. Uh, but for the Knicks, I think that they'll go to 3-1 and one if they do get the victory here tonight. And then I think that's when the 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 head-to-head matchups and the point differential come into play for a wild-card spot. Um, they, beat I think the Knicks. they beat the Heat, though, right? The Knicks did? I thought they did. Did Let they not beat the Heat? Here. So, yeah, they beat the Heat on Friday. So they have the breaker. Okay. Yeah. So they bought, they got a two-point victory against them. And that was the game where me and Sean Rossingwicks were out in Vegas. That that game felt like a, a playoff atmosphere game. That was one of the lower scoring games of 198. But So since they, they against, won that game, if they win, they're in. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's. I, I'll, I'll put this in the Discord channel where the uh, I found the tweet of all the different scenarios. I mean, it's like a whole paragraph. I think I'll just you know it'll I'll make the listeners ears bleed if I read all of it here. But um, the first one is that one that's simple is that they'll clinch the group if they if the Knicks win and Milwaukee loses, and then the Knicks win the tiebreaker over Milwaukee and Miami, which I think is probably just point differential because they beat Miami already, and I think they lost to Milwaukee. So that's why it gets weird, because if Miami beats Milwaukee, you have a three-way tie for first place. Exactly, yeah. Right. Or at least that's my yep. understanding. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I just think Knicks are going to bury him. Point is, there's a lot of reasons for the Knicks to want to win this game. And yeah. Charlotte has no reasons to really care besides pride. And you could argue emotionally they're going to be spent after Lamelo got injured. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Knicks. All right. And for props, um, yeah. I, I'm assuming the starters are going to play a decent amount. I don't know who's going to guard Brunson on this entire Hornets team. I think he's in line for a big game. We saw him go off against the the Heat. Randall double double has been good to me this season. Uh, even though Randall has had an issue scoring recently, he's gotten better at it. But rebounding going there for. And do you think he's in line for a good game? I feel like a lot of people like Mark Williams over for the Hornets, but I actually don't like the matchup. I think Mitchell Robinson's actually going to give him some problems, and I wonder about foul trouble because the Knicks aren't afraid yeah. to go into the rim quite often. We know that Brunson's not afraid to foul bait on occasions. 
I, on occasion, I, I'm going to lean to, once again, Nick's props more. I don't mind maybe a Brandon Miller over, because even if they are getting killed, he is still a rookie. Maybe just throw him out there and let him just learn, just get some experience out there. But it's mostly going to be Nick's props for me. Yeah, so the first matchup um, in New York between these two teams, R.J. Barrett had 24, Julius Randle had 23, and Jalen Brunson had 20. Uh, Emmanuel quickly off the bench had 17 and nine. Pretty and sure then, they benched most of the starters though with like eight minutes to go in the game. Yeah. Uh, and then LaMelo ball in that game had 32 points. And then the second matchup, um, just to put into context here in Charlotte, the Jalen Brunson had 23, 32 points and seven assists. Julius Randall had 21 and eight. Dante DiVincenzo had 25 in that game. And yeah, and then for the Hornets, LaMelo Ball had 34 in that game. So I'm looking at, I guess, Jerry Rozier would be my pivot off of him. He's at 19 and a half here for tonight. Uh, I'll take a look at Terry Rozier over 19 and a half points. But other than that, I mean, Miles Bridge is at 21 and a half. So I think my pivot would be Terry Rozier here tonight over 19 and a half points. I mean, if you wanted a potential long shot prop, the odds aren't great because the Knicks are already favored by 12. I can really see the Knicks winning by like 30. If you want to take the massive blowout approach, 31 plus is like 7 to 1. It's a little okay. cheap for that type of, once again, wager, but they are favored by a ton. I really just see a lot of scenarios where Charlotte goes, why are we even here? And the Knicks just go, yeah. oh, we got we to outscore them by 30? All right, sure. And I just think they're going to win the game comfortably. If the Knicks show up, they should win this game by 30. Okay, uh, before we get over to the next game on the board here, Scott, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Uh, Underdog Fantasy provides a way for you to play alongside some of your favorite fantasy players, whether it's in the NFL, it's in the NBA, NHL, college basketball, or college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players, uh, fantasy stats, and cash in. My favorite uh, Underdog pick them for today it's going to be Terry Rozier higher on his points. That's at 19 and a half. Uh, we'll put together a underdog fantasy entry here for tonight uh, at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. So you can also watch along um, with our picks or you can make your own picks and maybe make a little cash over on underdog's mobile app or website. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When we sign up with promo code SGPN, underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's underdog fantasy using promo code SGPN. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tools to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game on the schedule. That's going to be the Atlanta Hawks. They are in Cleveland uh, here tonight. Cleveland currently sitting as a four-point favorite. Total is at 237.5 in this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the uh, let's start here with the Hawks. Pretty clean injury report. Only guy that is going to be out for a significant amount of time is going to be Jalen Johnson. And, and that's a little unfortunate because he was having a really good season for the Atlanta Hawks. 
Uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, pretty clean injury report. Only uh, Dean Wade is out with the right ankle sprain, uh, and that is pretty much it. All right, um, so for this game, I don't see any – oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I do. So, God, this is going to get complicated. So Atlanta clinches a wild card if the following occurs. If they win and New York loses and Miami loses and Boston loses and Brooklyn loses. So it looks like they're pretty much out for that. Atlanta. Yeah, so they're just out there. Okay. Yeah. And then same thing for Cleveland. They clinch one of the, uh, they clinch uh, a wild card. If one of the following happens, they win New York loses. I'll, I'll just stop right there. Okay. Or their second scenario is that if the, they Cleveland victory and they win tiebreakers over any of the second place teams for other groups where they have three and one record. All right, so pretty much we're assuming they also are probably not going to make it. Yeah, so for Cleveland, their only chance is that again they get the victory and they score a whole bunch of points here tonight. Um, and if there's other teams that are three and one that also qualify for a wild card spot, then they'll just look at point differential. But Scott, start on the side here, minus four in favor of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, what are you thinking about this game? I I really don't have much in this game. Full disclosure, I don't really like anything in this game. <laughs> There are, more, there are other games I care more about. We basically just said these teams aren't officially eliminated, but indirectly they are. So I don't really know. Both teams are in the same spot. So you can make an argument that you will be getting a playoff-type type atmosphere, which might lean you to an under. The problem is the Hawks and an under don't exactly go well together. So that's why you're kind of on the fence with what, how you want to go about it. I think the Jalen absence is big. I think he's a good player. And I yeah. do think that he provided a nice spark either in the starting lineup or off the bench, and now he's not going to be available for it. I guess I'm leaning Cleveland at home. Okay. I guess. Like, I don't feel great about it, but Atlanta has been pretty decent on the road this season. I think I'm going to lean to Cleveland and the under, believe it or not, but I actually don't want to bet on anything in this game, to be honest with you. I really don't like much. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I had to do a double take uh, when I saw the total in this game because. Yeah, and that, that's how I felt because it's a lot with the Cavs being involved. Yeah, and with Atlanta, they're five one and one to the under uh, in their road games uh, this season. Like you mentioned, on the road they've been pretty decent, at least better than they've been at home. Four and three straight up, four and three against the spread. But that total is something that really sticks out to me. Um, I know the Cavs had a high-scoring affair uh, against the Lakers. Um, I think what was it on Sunday? I believe. Um, no, sorry, on a Saturday night. But that game still ended up going under the total. I think both teams were like in the seventies, and that team, the game, only ended up with two hundred and thirty-six points, falling under this total of two thirty-seven and a half right now. And then they responded on a Sunday with a one hundred five, one hundred two uh, win uh, against the Raptors. So. Yeah, I think I guess under for me as well. I think feel like this line is pretty spot on. I'll, I'll lean with the Hawks here. Uh, lean with the under, but again, I'm I'm with Scott here. I'm not going to have any any dollars on this game. Uh, do you have any player props you want to throw out for this game? I think Trey points is definitely worth a look. I've criticized Trey for his performance earlier this season because he was really bad efficiency wise. He's been great the last week and change. He's been really, really good. Yeah. And it appears that yeah. he remembered how to shoot a three-pointer, which is important because he was struggling with his outside shot for about a year and a half. But mm -hmm. he's been really lately. Uh, so I think that you're looking at trade points. DeJounte maybe points. I know he hasn't exactly had a great season so far, but the volume's going to be there. So if you want to go for him. I guess my question is with Jalen being out, who steps up the most for usage? And my guess would either be DeAndre Hunter or Bogdanovich. 
probably mm-hmm. Bogdanovich because he's been that hybrid bench guy. So maybe Bogdan threes, but they're gonna have to experiment with Bay. the lineups now. So yeah, maybe Bay as well is a good call. So one mm-hmm. of those, but I'm gonna wait and see how they experiment with their new rotations. But I do think that Bay or Bogdanovich is probably worth a look for extra minutes in this game. So maybe yeah. you want to take one of those guys. Yeah, base points are at 12 and a half right now. I kind of like the over on that or that or either his three pointers are probably at two and a half. Then if his points are actually it's at one and a half, at my, it's minus 130. But yeah, I think Sadiq, yeah, I think that he would step up into that starting lineup or be the guy that, you know, gets the bulk of the minutes with Jalen Johnson gone. Now, I know he hasn't gotten over this number in uh, two straight games for his three point shots, but um He's right on the cusp of getting over 12 and a half points, or at least over the last five games. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, anything else, Scott, for this game? No, not really. I'm going to lean under because I think this number is a bit high for a game that has a certain stakes amount to it. And I said before, I'm going to lean to a lot of unders for teams that care. Yeah. This does check that okay. box. So, I'm going to lean to the under. Yep. All right. Let's get over to the next game on the schedule. We have the Chicago Bulls. They are in Boston here tonight to take on the Celtics. Celtics are a 13 and a half point home favorite with a total of 219 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Chicago Bulls, Alex Caruso and Zach Levine are both questionable here tonight. And that's pretty much it for the Bulls. For the Boston Celtics, uh, Drew Holiday is questionable. Porzingis is going to be out for this game, and Derek White is probable. So you have one guy that's out, one guy that's questionable, and one guy that is probable here tonight. So uh, we'll see if Drew Holiday does end up playing in this game here. Um, I think Boston... um, So for Boston, they clinch Group C if the following occurs. Number one, Boston uh, wins tonight, plus uh, the Brooklyn Nets win as well. And then Boston wins a tiebreaker over Orlando in uh, Brooklyn. So I think that let me see how they've done in the group so far. They lost um, to Orlando, but they okay. So I think they'll probably have to yeah. Um, this might need another scenario where they have to get points here tonight uh, as well because their point differential right now is zero point zero. They've scored one hundred eight point three points per game. Zero point zero. All right. And they've given up. Uh, they've given up one hundred eight point. Uh, three points per game. So, and there's a whole spiel again about if they can clinch a wild card spot again, like I mentioned, I'm not going to make our listeners ears bleed here. So they just need to go out and get the victory. And again, hope the chips fall into their uh, way here, Scott, but um, the 13 well, it's and not a half just that for- because you, the point differential is zero. So they don't need to win. They need to murder basically. Yeah. In this game. So I think this might be another spot. Like something like we talked about with the Knicks for their theme total to go over here tonight. But Let's start with the side here. Minus 13 and a half against the Chicago Bulls team. What do you think? Yeah, Boston by 30. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to waste much time on this. I think Boston kills them. Uh, looking at Chicago, this team is completely just, it's over. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to tell you. Disinterested this is the word? Uh, yeah, yeah, devastated. Uh, well, they should have blown the team up a couple of years ago. But to go through the last couple of games, they ended up losing to the Nets in their last game by, I believe it was, it was either double digits or it was a nine. They lost by nine. In that game, the Bulls led by 20-plus points in the first quarter. They led by 21 points. They blew the lead in half a quarter. They were up 20-something points in the first quarter, then got outscored 44-19 to in the second quarter, and they lost by nine. 
I think Boston wins by 30. They have all the momentum. Boston's about to what I think is, once again, it's going to be ugly in this game. Chicago's players don't like playing with each other at this point. They're looking at Levine, who's been rumored for trades. DeRozan's not the same guy that he used to be. He's fine. Not the same guy. It is what it is. But Boston has every reason with the point differential to dominate and to continue dominating. If you want to parlay Celtics by 30 and Knicks by 30, I don't mind that idea. I might do that myself. Mm. But Mm -hmm. I do think that the Celtics, you might see this game cross over 35 at some point, maybe 40 at some point. Give me the Celtics by a colossal margin. I'll take the Celtics minus 13 and a half. I'll take the alt spreads. But give me the 31, uh, or I should say minus 30 and a half at like 6 to 1. I'm going to shop around, though, because it does sound a bit cheap. uh, But it makes sense once again with the spread. But do I see the Bulls actually hang in there in this game? Absolutely not. I think they get buried. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this might be a spot where I take Boston first quarter, first half, and full game. Um, So I know Boston has been a really good first quarter team, um, not just this season, but over the past several seasons. Uh, So this year uh, in the first quarter, to put into uh, perspective here, Boston is the number one team as far as net rating in the first quarter. They have a plus 24 margin. And the second best team is the Sacramento Kings at 14.5. So they just come out and take care of business in that first quarter. They also have an offensive rating in that first quarter, Scott, of 124, which is 0.3 behind uh, the Sacramento Kings, like I mentioned. And then they have a second best defensive rating only behind the, shockingly, the LA Clippers in the first quarter. Uh, for the Chicago Bulls, their offensive rating is the second worst, and they have a net rating of minus 16, which is also the second worst, to uh, only behind the LA uh, Lakers. So first quarter line is at minus four and a half right now. But again, I would not be surprised if the Celtics in this first quarter come out and put up 35-plus points. They're up by double digits. And also looking at their first half at minus seven and a half, it's a big number. But again, this Chicago Bulls team, whether it's in the first quarter, first half, just have not been very good. And I think that they'll just keep the foot on the gas in the second half of this game here. So I, I think it's Boston in every which way here tonight. Look at their team totals to go over here as well. Uh, like exactly what you mentioned, Scott, it's similar to what we'll probably see from the Knicks here tonight uh, going up against the Charlotte Hornets. So uh, don't have any feel on the full game total here, Scott, but I, I'm going to be on the Celtics team totals over first quarter, first half and full game. Yeah, I don't uh in generally i i don't think the bulls have a chance so yeah yeah, i I just think the boston probably scores 130 give or take i'm not sure it's going to be as bad as the pacers game without halliburton where they scored 155 but it's Mm going to be it's going to be real yeah um any player props is boston just going to leave tatum in when they're up 40 in the third quarter like they might uh, at, at what number do you like? If you're the head coach of the Boston Celtics, none. I mean, you have a point differential like when, of zero. Yeah, but you if you're up by like actually 40, trying to win this game by forty, yeah, but let's say you're up by like forty with like three minutes left, are you still like you're having your starters still out there? I would purposefully run it up because DeRozan complained that uh, who was the team that took the shot at the end of that game, the Bulls game. Uh, uh, yeah, it was the Toronto. It was the Raptors. He got pissed yeah. at the Siakam for taking shots because of the uh, point differential thing. So because DeRozan complained about it since he doesn't know the rules, I kind of want to see them use the starters for the entire fourth quarter. <laughs> I'm not going to say the entire thing, but I think Tatum's going to get some reps up 35. 
So yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, looking at his points prop here for tonight, and they just got wiped off the board. Or that's sorry, that's threes. Uh, so Tatum tonight, his points are at twenty eight and a half. Jalen Brown is at twenty three and a half. I'm actually intrigued on Al Horford rebounds tonight because he he's going to be in that. Yeah, he's going to be in that starting lineup with KP on the shelf. His numbers at seven and a half and minus one thirty for his rebound, but I think you got to ladder that up to at least ten because Chicago is they gave it up to the center position uh, as far as rebounds go. I'm trying to pull up that exact number here. Yeah, so they're allowing fifteen point nine rebounds to that center position. And Al Horford, let me see how he's done recently against the Bulls here. So golly, he's been in the league since two thousand seven. Jesus Christ, long time. Um. Uh, not a lot there, but I think that again in in this just in the scenario that he's going to get the minutes here tonight, I think that he should be able to get at, over seven at rebounds for sure. But if I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the realm of, of ten here tonight for the uh, Boston Celtics. Any other player props you're looking at? Yeah, I think this is the game where you can get a bit exotic with some of the props if you want to go for some long shots. I want to ask you, what do you think is more likely, Boston wins by thirty or Tatum scores forty? Because Boston to win by thirty-one. By 30. I was gonna say that's six to one. Tatum to score forty is seven to one. That's why I'm asking. But I think Tatum's gonna have a massive game. He's gonna play a bunch of minutes. If you want to make an argument for Derek White double double, I'm not gonna give you an argument. I actually like that play quite a bit, especially for the value. Uh, and we think that the Celtics have a chance to run up the score and drop like 130 points potentially. But if you want to look for Derek White double double. Derek White double doubles twelve to one. Let's get weird with it. Yeah, mm. give me Derek White double double at twelve to one. Starting point guard. Why not? Um, someone just yeah. Um, especially if Drew Holiday doesn't play right, because then Derek White is probably your primary ball handler at that point. Um, he had eleven assists against the Atlanta Hawks. I think that was a game where Drew Holiday did not play for the Celtics? He did not play. So I'm saying Holiday is questionable, so I'm not sure if he's going Mm -hmm. to play or not. But it's an ankle sprain. Like Those those take maybe a week or two to heal. He's missed two straight games. 12-1 to for what can be a starting point guard, a guy that had a double-double last game. 12-1 to is nuts. I'll take that easily. Yeah, I agree. Um, Kawan pointing out that Tatum rebounds too. He, yeah, I agree. He does rebound the ball well as well. Um, he had nine rebounds in the last game without Porzingis uh, in the lineup. So, um, a lot of different ways you can get on Celtic player props here for tonight. That's for sure. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game of the night. Still have quite a few to get through here. Let's go to the Toronto Raptors. They are in uh, uh, Brooklyn here to take on the Nets. Nets currently a one and a half point favorite. Total sitting at two twenty four. Uh, looking at the injury report for this game uh, for the Toronto Raptors, pretty clean injury report. Only person of significance I think that is out is Christian Coloco. He's dealing with a respiratory issue. And Cam, sorry, for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Nick Claxton is questionable here tonight. Cam Johnson, I did see, was present at shoot around, so he's officially probable. Ben Simmons is out, uh, and then Cam Thomas is also doubtful here tonight. He's dealing with the uh, left ankle sprain, so uh, keep that in mind here for the Brooklyn Nets. So Brooklyn right now, minus one and a half, Scott, in, uh, as a home favorite against the Toronto Raptors. What do you think about this side? 
this oh, game on, is going to be such this. a this game's going to be such a war the entire way through. I, I see this game coming down the wire. I'm I see a lot of money on the over. Uh, both teams aren't playing for anything, right? Yeah, that's what I was just checking right now. Let me see here. So yeah, they did. Uh, the Raptors are eliminated officially, and also I should just mention this as well. Chicago is also uh, eliminated as well. Uh, but Brooklyn, they still have something to play for here tonight. They do. Okay. So I guess based on that, I'm going to lean to the Nets because uh, I believe the Nets did beat Orlando in the uh, in this group stage. So I do think that the Nets actually, as you said before, are technically playing for something. They're in. Their point differential is not good enough, but they were able to beat uh, Orlando. So maybe that does help. I think for this one, I am going to lean to the under. I don't agree with the okay. total move. I, I think that this total is a bit high. And the Nets offensively have been okay for the most part lately. Not amazing. But defensively, it's still a pretty good unit. And I do think that Toronto offensively can go into some droughts on occasion. Defensively, they're okay. I'm going to lean to the Nets based on the overall motivation angle. But I think this total is too high. I'm going to lean to the under. Um, Brooklyn 7-1-1 one one against the spread at home this season. Uh, they are 5-4 and four to the over, so nothing of significance there. They're basically never lying in those games, but yes, they are 7 Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can filter that down to favorite. Uh, Nets. They were favorite in Chicago, and they covered that, but I think that was the only... They might be the only game they were favored in at home all year long. So they were favored against the Wizards by 7. Covered that by a point. Yeah, they won by eight. They were favored against the Magic by two and a half. They won that game by 20. Okay. And they were favored by seven. That's a hell of a win, by the way. You beat Orlando by 20? That's a hell of a win. Yeah. Uh, They were favored by seven and a half against the Heat. I think that was a game in the back-to-back where no Butler and... So I was just dead wrong. They've actually been favored at home by uh, in a couple four of times. spots. Okay, my bad. Yeah, so yeah, no, you're good. Uh four no straight up, four no against the spread. So I mean they've been one of the better teams against the spread this season. Uh Raptors, uh just looking at their road numbers here. Four and three against the spread, four and four to the total, three and five straight up are the Raptors. So uh I'll lean here with the Nets. Again, they still have something to play for here if they want a they're very slim chance of getting into uh the quarterfinals for the play in tournament. Um, but I agree with you. I think that for the Nets, I think that if they're gonna win this game, I think it has to be a low scoring affair, especially with the injuries that they are dealing with. Uh, you know, to their scores, you know, we saw Cam Thomas Cam Thomas at the beginning of the year where he's just dropping again 30 plus points per game. Um Cam Johnson should be out there here tonight, but again, I think this is a, a probably a lower scoring game here. So I, I like the Nets here tonight. I'll take the one and a half. Or sorry, lay the one and a half, and then also uh, with you on the under player props in this game here, Scott. Anything you're looking at? I'm trying to think of who I think has the somewhat big game for the Nets. I like the rebounds for Claxton. I think once again in a lower scoring game, I'm going to gravitate more to rebounds. So I think Claxton has a good game there, and yeah. Toronto they don't really have many size in the much size in the interior. Pirtle's fine, but he doesn't really give you any offensive threat. So I do think Claxton can cheat and potentially kind of try to cherry-pick some rebounds because Pirtle can't shoot. So that's going to help out. But I'm going to look for more for rebounds props. I don't mind a sneaky play on Lonnie Walker. He's been in really good form lately. Had a great game against Chicago. I think he could be a nice bench piece uh, to look for. Uh, I think Claxton's going to rim protect well because Toronto is an outside shooting team. I don't believe it's that great at outside jumpers. Uh, so I do think that you're looking at Toronto trying to crash the uh, paint, and I do think that Claxton can get some blocks. I'm trying to think if I want to go with, with Siakam or, or Barnes to have the good game. 
I don't mind Barnes PRA. That's just been a good prop all season yeah. long. I think that's probably worth a look. Yeah, Scotty Barnes has been uh, really good, at least uh, rebounds and assists uh, when I do back him. That number is usually at around 13 and a half. The market usually doesn't assist, uh, sorry, adjust for it. I know he didn't get there against Cleveland where he only had eight rebounds and three assists, but part of that, 10 rebounds, six, six assists against the uh, Chicago Bulls, uh, 12 rebounds, four assists um, against the Pacers, seven to nine against the uh, Detroit Pistons. Just to put this in the context, I know, the Raptors are one of the slower paced teams in the league, but they even put up 121 points against Chicago Bulls um, on Friday night. So just imagine what Boston is going to do here tonight against that Chicago Bulls team. But yeah, Paxson does play. I, I do like his rebounding. I'm with you on that. Um, I didn't like anything else as far as no. player props in this game. All right. Uh, next game, let's go over to the Western Conference now. That's all the East games. I think the the West is a lot more easier to break down as far as scenarios and what's going on. So let's start here with the OKC Thunder. Uh, they are traveling to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, currently, the line is minus three in favor of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves with a total of 229. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Minnesota Timberwolves, Jaden McDaniels is out. He's dealing with that right ankle sprain, and that is pretty much it for, I don't see one for the OKC Thunder. That's weird. Um, yeah, okay, I don't see an injury report for the OKC Thunder. Let me see if there's I see one them being the Okay. Um Minus three in favor of the home team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's look at the scenarios here for both of these teams. So for Minnesota, they have two scenarios here. They clinch a group C if the following occurs. They get the victory here tonight, and uh, Sacramento loses, and then they get the tiebreaker over Sacramento and the Golden State Warriors. And then they clinch a wild card spot if they win here tonight. And they finish second in the Minnesota victory and says and finishes second in group and win tiebreakers over any of the second place teams from other groups with a three and one record. So this is pretty much saying they need to score points to get those uh, point differential if they want to clinch a wild card spot against the other teams in the groups that are also three and one. But they clinched a group with a victory here tonight. And if Sacramento loses and they get the tiebreaker over Sacramento and Golden State. So they're in a win scenario here. Um, for OKC, let me see where they are in the group here. So they've already been eliminated. So OKC is just trying to play spoiler here tonight uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus three. I think I'm going to lean to Minnesota. I don't feel great about it, but we've talked about it before. I know it's still a regular season game and teams still want to win. I'm not saying that the Thunder are going to actively punt the game because they don't, they don't actually have to play for anything, but... I do think motivation matters, and Minnesota is great at home. Now, I will point out OKC is great on the road as well. I believe mm-hmm. they're six and one straight up on the road. Minnesota seven and one straight up at home. I guess the problem that I have with OKC is I'm not sure if they have enough size to fully combat Cat and to combat Rudy. And I do think that even though Chet's been great this year, that's one guy. But they don't have any real depth in the front line. If Chet gets into foul trouble, can they handle that? Probably not based on how the roster is constructed. Shout out to Chet, by the way, who's been incredible so far this season. But I do yep. think looking at the spot, it should be a very fun matchup between Shea and Ant. But I'm going to lean 
to Minnesota. They're at home. They're playing for something. It's not easy, but I do think that three is a little bit low. This is going to be a close game, though. Should be a lot of fun. I kind of wish this game was on TV instead of the Milwaukee-Miami game. As crazy mm-hmm. as that might sound, but I would love yeah. to watch this game on TV. I'm going to lean to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota seven and one straight up, seven and one against the spread, like you mentioned. There, their la- their first loss, both uh, straight up and ATS, came against the uh, Sacramento Kings in their last game, where they got buried one twenty four, one eleven by the Sacramento Kings. But other than that, they've been solid at home, and they've played some quality opponents at home as well. Have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they played Denver at home. They beat Boston at home. Um, they beat the Sixers at home. Uh, I guess you could throw the Knicks in there. Pelicans are a you know, average well, to team. To be fair about the Sixers, Embiid didn't play, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's true. Um, so, yeah, I think with Minnesota, they have something to play here, uh, play for here tonight. I think this this number is a little bit short. I think I get the respect for the OKC Thunder, right? They've been great so far this season. Like you mentioned, they've also been great on the road as well. This again, a great matchup to watch here tonight. I'll, I'll go with the T wolves here tonight. Minus a three total sitting at two twenty nine in this game here, Scott, uh, any thoughts on the total? I think I'm going to lean over. I know that I've been leaning more to unders and games that matter, but, and I know Minnesota is a great defensive team, but McDaniels being out is massive. He's mm-hmm. a great defensive player. And I just think that you're looking at what OKC loves to do. They operate a lot with their guards. And I do think that you're looking at a spot where if they can take Gobert away from the basket, Chet's been shooting well from three. You're looking at Shea, who can get whatever matchup he wants. But McDaniels is that Swiss Army Knife defender, and they don't have it. And we saw the Kings bury this team, uh, especially offensively. I believe it was uh, Mike Brown in the post-game press conference. I don't know if you heard this, but Sabonis was asking for them to call a specific play in the second half a lot. They ran Mm -hmm. the play 17 times in the second half. 17 times. And they got pretty much whatever look they wanted because Fox was getting screens on both sides. They spaced it out, and they were able to get a lot of mismatches with with, um, Fox getting a running start. I can see OKC borrowing that. I think Dagnall's smart enough to borrow a play or two uh, that succeeded against the same opponent if needed. But simply put, with McDaniels being out, I think that Minnesota's defensive numbers are extremely trappy, or I should say mm-hmm. misleading, because McDaniels is a big piece of that defensive core. I'm going to link to the over. OKC's a good team. They don't guard anybody. So I think that's going to be, or once again, a result of a high-scoring game. I'm going to link to the over, because McDaniels being out is big, and I feel like the markets haven't fully adjusted to it. Um, I'm trying to pull up. If I can find uh, J- uh, their defensive rating with and without Jaden McDaniels this season, let's see here. So eleven games with him, their defensive rating is one hundred nine point eight, and then without him, it's actually better one hundred two point eight. Really? Yeah, that's shocking. Uh, yeah, they're giving up uh, one hundred eight point four points uh, without him, and then one hundred fifteen point six with him. But again, I, you would have to probably dig into who they've played in those games. I think like one of those games is probably the Sixers without Embiid, and you know they're probably fortunate to play some of those teams that didn't have stars out there. So I think it's probably been like the last five or six games here. So, um. Yeah, so Pelicans, I'm guessing that was probably without Zion. New York Knicks, I think the Knicks were in a back-to-back situation um, in that game. Sixers, like you mentioned, without Joel Embiid. Um, But, yeah, I mean, look, they've been solid at home. They've only given up an average of 101 points per game at home, have the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, 
I didn't have a feel on the total. Maybe just a Minnesota team total over for me as well. Again, because they need the points again. Um, but nothing much on that. Player props in this game, or Scott, what are we looking at? I'll go with the star power. Give me Ant to have a big game. I think Shea is a good game as well. Chet, I believe it's a homecoming for Chet. Isn't he from Minnesota initially? I think he looks like a guy that's from Minnesota. I think he's from Minnesota. So Chet can be in line for maybe a good game, but I am concerned about a, fa- a bit of foul trouble there. Uh, Chet mm. is, unfortunately, ESPN doesn't tell me his hometown. Uh, let me just see this. Well, Kawan pointing out that Chet from Minnesota players play well from. So I guess yeah, he is from Minnesota. Yeah, he's from he's from Minneapolis. So that's that's what I okay. thought. So I think he's in line for a good game. Uh, but I do think that for this spot for player props, give me great players to show up in big games. Give me Ant to have a massive game. Yeah, I think Ant and uh, Shea. Um, yeah, uh, maybe thirty plus points for each of those. If you want to you know, do a same game parlay for both of those guys, I mean, not my. It might not be. A, uh, huge odds there, but Ant's at 26 and a half uh, right now, and then SGA's already at 30 and a half at minus 130. So, um, yeah, maybe if we want to put a same game parlay there, but I, I want to get behind somebody's rebounds here, whether that's Rudy Cat or Rudy Cat. Gobert. But anytime I get behind Rudy Gobert on his rebounds, I always get burned. I refuse to do it after last year, so I've stayed <laughs> away. I think it was, yeah, last year where it was like. I think it was my first or second bet on Rudy Gobert rebounds, and then he got ejected. <laughs> I think I messaged you at that point. I was like, man, I had this Rudy Gobert rebounds, and then he just got ejected like within the four or five, first four or five minutes of the game. Um, let me see how Cat has done against Well, who do you think is going to guard Chet most likely? It's probably Cat, don't you think? Like, I don't think that. I think Chet's going to spend a lot of time at the three-point line in this game. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so so if you think Cat gets rebounds. dragged away, then you want Gobert because Gobert is going to be uncontested for a lot of these rebounds. Yeah, Rudy Gobert, but his rebounding props at eleven and a half, and no, I'm going to stay away. If Cat does nope. does get taken away from the basket, Rudy can end up with like a massive fifteen rebound game. Yeah, so like over the last seven games for Rudy Gobert against the Thunder, he's at 10, 14, 18, 21, 17, 17, and twenty. Sounds right. I mean, that's kind of what yeah. I anticipate. So, oh wait, there's more. Uh, sixteen. So, as a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves last season, three games, sixteen rebounds, fifteen rebounds, and then the game that I mentioned, I probably got ejected, where he ended up with four rebounds in nine minutes. I think that would be a potential. I don't know if that's an official ladder or not, but I do think Rudy should have a really, really good rebounding game. Let's see what his all rebounds are. Where are you? All right. Um, so for Rudy Gobert, 12 and a half is at plus 115. 13 and a half is at plus 170. That's the highest it lets me go. Okay. I see 16 at plus 390. But okay. I mean, it's not like a huge plus, but I do think Rudy, if you look up at the end of this game, he's probably going to have like 12 and 15, if I had to yeah. guess. All right, let's get over to the next game here, Scott. We have the Houston Rockets. They are in Dallas here tonight to take on the Mavericks. Uh, right now, the line is sitting at, let me double check this line, uh, three and a half in favor of the Dallas Mavericks, total of 229 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Houston Rockets, Dylan Brooks is probable, Tari Eason is probable. Uh, Jay Sean Tate is probable and Fred Van Vliet is probable as well. Amen Thompson is going to be out, but 
Uh, I did see uh, from the local reporters that he has started on-court activities and should be back uh, either later this week or probably early next week for Amen Thompson. So it'd be uh, great to have him back. For the Mavericks, uh, Maxi Kleba is the only one that is going to be out. And also, uh, sorry, Derek Lively is questionable here tonight with a lower back contusion. So this scenario is pretty simple here for the Rockets. You win, you clinch the group. Um, Dallas has already been eliminated, so they'll be looking to play spoiler. But for the Rockets, win the game, you win the group. Um, Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus three and a half in favor of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I know Houston's 0 for on the road, but I'm going to take Houston money one in this game. I think it's a good spot. Uh, the, the Mavericks lost to the Clippers last game. Luka got injured, left early. He's going to play in this game, but he has a thumb injury, so I'm not sure if that's going to impact his shooting form. We'll see what happens. But Dallas really doesn't have any great options on the interior, and I think Shangun can have a massive game here. Shangun's had a great year. He's averaging 20.2 points per game, 9.1 rebounds, and he's shooting 56.7% from the floor. If Shangun can get his free throw percentage to about 70, he could easily walk into like 23, 24 a game. That's kind of the next step for his game. Mm-hmm. But I do think that you're looking at a spot where Houston is motivated. They're good defensively. Dallas is going to try to play spoiler at home. But I do like the fact that Houston, after facing off against some tough competition and having a bit of a struggle, losing to the Clippers, losing to the Lakers, and losing to the Warriors on the road, they responded well. They buried uh, Memphis. They ended up burying Denver. Both games were at home, but still. I'm going to lean to Houston. I like what I've seen. I think that Dallas, once again, lacking some motivation, can be a bit of a problem. I think that Houston's pretty live to win this game. So I'll go with the Rockets. Rockets uh, defensively this season are the or tied, I should say, for the best defensive rating in the league with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And as much as we've shit on Dylan Brooks over the past several seasons uh, on this podcast, he has been, especially on the defensive side of the uh, basketball, obviously. But, um, I mean, for this team to go from one of the worst uh, defensive-rated teams to one of the best, I know it's so early on. We're only about 14 games in for the Rockets. But, I mean, that's a huge improvement for this Rockets team. And I think that's what's led to a lot of their victories here, especially at home. You mentioned that they haven't won a single home game yet. or Sorry, road game yet. But they are 3-2 and two against the spread. So, I'm all over the Rockets here. This is going to be my first official play. Uh, on the Rockets, betting on them this season. Um, they have all the motivation here. Again, like they mentioned, they they win this game. They clinch the group. Um, I agree 100% about what you mentioned about Shane Goon in this game. His points prop right now is at 20 and a half. Um, he hasn't gotten to the 21-point mark against his Mavericks team, but again, he hasn't played a lot of minutes in those games either against the Mavericks, but this season has been a completely different story, right? Now you're seeing his minutes have been significantly increased uh, this season. He's averaging 35.2 minutes per game. Uh, sorry, he's averaging 32.8 minutes per game um, over the course of the regular season. And over the last five games, he's averaging 35.2 minutes per game for the Rockets. So uh, expect a big night from him scoring-wise, big night for him rebounding the basketball, especially if Derek Lively's not able to play here tonight. I really like the Rockets in the spot. I'll take the plus three and a half sprinkle on their money line here as well. Um, any thoughts on the total here, Scott, for at 229 and a half is the updated number? Dallas doesn't really guard anybody, but I like the under in this game. Houston defensively yeah. is great. And I do think yeah. that Luca being, once again, maybe a little bit compromised with the thumb. And I wonder about the motivation. Houston is built so far this season through their defense. And I think that they're going to yep. show up at least for a pride perspective. 
because point differential doesn't matter. Win and they win the group. And defensively, they've been fantastic. So I'm only to the under. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just some news about the Brooklyn Nets here tonight. Cam Thomas officially ruled out. Nick Claxton is available to play here tonight uh, as well. So um, we mentioned Nick Claxton props. So I think this might be a good opportunity to uh, take those here tonight. Also, his blocks and steals have been profitable as well. So if you mm-hmm. want to look at it that way. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Again, this team defensively has been really good. Um, on the road, they're 3-2 and two to the under. Only averaging about 219 points per game on the season. They're 10 and four to the under. So this team, again, like I mentioned, being one of the best defensive rated teams, that's going to lead to unders here tonight. So, I mean, don't be surprised, Scott, that maybe we get closer to game time that, oh, you know, let's give Luca a day off here and let him rest that thumb. Um, and he doesn't end up playing here tonight. I know, I'm not saying that I have official information, but I think with the way we've seen the injury report go in the association, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that does happen. But uh, player props in this game, anything else other than Shane Goon you're looking at? I'm trying to think of I expect to have a relatively good game. I don't mind Van Vliet double-double or assists in the spot. I I do think even though Houston is a very good defensive team, Dallas is definitely not. I can see Houston having some moments offensively. If Shengun is going to go over the 20-plus points, sure, some of the points are going to be based off isolation in the the post, but the pick-and-roll game with Van Vliet's been very solid. I don't mind Van Vliet assists in this game. Uh, Dallas to the point guard position are giving up close to 26 points per game and also nine assists per game as well. So if you want to go double, double off Fred Van Vliet or just place assist alone, that number was at nine and a half. I think I saw that plus money at plus 110. That now it's down to plus one, uh, 105 uh, for Fred Van Vliet. And again, uh, he's been filling it up as far as assist uh, in over the past several games. Uh, just quickly read his numbers here. Uh, over the last five games, he's averaging 11 assists per game. He's been in double-digit assists in four of the last five games uh, for the Houston Rockets. So, yeah, I uh, love that. All right, next game on the board here, Scott. Uh, let's get over to the last game on the board. Uh, the Warriors, they are in Sacramento here tonight to take on the Kings. Kings currently sitting as a one-and-a-half-point home favorite with a total of 235-and-a-half. Uh, looking at the injury report in this game, uh, for the, uh, sorry, the Golden State Warriors. Draymond's back. I, so Draymond should be back in this game. I don't see an injury report submitted for them yet. Uh, all right. So for the Sacramento Kings, Keegan Murray is doubtful here tonight. He's dealing with a back injury. Uh, Alex Lynn is out as well. He's dealing with an ankle injury and, uh, Keon Ellis is also dealing with an ankle injury as well. So he will not be playing in this game. Um, I was looking at it this morning. I was like, man, how many games has it been that Draymond's been out? And like you mentioned, he's, he's back here tonight after suspe- or after serving his suspension here tonight. Uh, looking at the scenario uh, for both of these teams, let's start here with the Golden State Warriors. So the Warriors clinch Group C if one of the following occurs. They win here tonight and Minnesota loses or... Golden State Warriors win here tonight, and they win the tiebreaker over Sacramento and uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They also clinch a wild card spot uh, if they win here tonight and they finish second in the group with the wins uh, with the tiebreaker scenario over the other second place teams in the uh, other group. So something similar to what Minnesota for that wild card spot, um, and then Sacramento. <clears throat> Clinches the group if they win here tonight. Simply some uh, similar to the Rockets, they they win tonight. They clinch the group, or 
Minnesota wins, and then Sacramento wins tiebreakers over both Minnesota and Golden State Warriors. So pretty simple for Sacramento. We'll keep it that way. Sacramento wins, they clinch the group, and then Golden State falls into the wild card spot where they need a point differential uh, for them to qualify for the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament here, Scott. So right now, minus one and a half in favor of the Kings. What are you thinking? I'm going to take Golden State. I don't feel great about mm. it, but Golden State is 2-0 and this season against the Kings. I'm tired okay. of picking the Kings against this team. They just they just don't win against this team. And even though they went to seven games last year, they had game seven at home. They blew it. Curry dropped 50. It just feels like even though Mike Brown had a lot of experience against the Warriors and he learned a lot and he based a lot of a system off of what the Warriors did there, it's a little bit of like student versus master type of thing where I just think Steve Kerr has his number. And I just think that until I see the Kings actually beat the Warriors, is there a mental block there with them losing game seven at home by 20 and then they immediately lose the next two games in the regular season against this team? I just think Golden State has their number. Just simply put, I I think for this case, I'm going to go with the Warriors. I think it's going to be a very close game, a very fun game. I like the under because I do think with this being a basically a winner-take-all game in the group mm-hmm. stage, you are going to see a bit of a more intense game based on defense. But I'm going to go with Golden State. I know it's going to sound unpopular, but Draymond being back is a big deal. I'm not sure if he's going to be yep. on a minute restriction. I doubt it. Uh, I think he'll probably play the full mm-hmm. game here. But I do think yeah. if I had to pick a side and a total – I'd go with Golden State, and I would go with the under. Until I see Sacramento beat this team this season, I'm not going to lay points with them. Give me the Warriors to win, and give me the under. Uh, The Warriors have won 10 out of the last 11 head-to-head meetings in the regular season uh, against the Sacramento Kings team. And like Scott alluded to, they did beat the um, Kings, and I think that was a game there where De'Aaron Fox did not play for the... Yeah, so he was out with that ankle injury against the Warriors, and the Warriors had all of their guys in that game, but this was that was an ugly shooting night um, for the Sacramento Kings. They only saw 40.9%. So if De'Aaron Fox was there, maybe it's a different story, but again, going back to the regular season matchups, the last 11, the, uh, the, the Warriors have won 10 of the last 11. That's not uh, including the playoff series uh, last season. So, yeah, I, I think... I think it's Warriors here for me as well. I'll take the plus one and a half for them. Um, total, I think with Draymond back here tonight and the way the Sacramento Kings do play, I'm leaning towards the over, maybe like a first half over, and maybe the, you see the uh, screws tightening up a little bit, at least on the defensive side in the second half. Um, but I think the entire premise teams that I get had together, for the tonight was in the meaningful games, it's going to be a playoff atmosphere. So this is one of the most meaningful yeah. games on the card. I'm not going to pivot, but I understand if you're scared of the yeah. under with Fox and with yeah. Curry, I, I get it. But I got to follow what I yeah. said I was going to do when the show started. Yeah, I'll lean towards the over in this game, but um, I'll, I'll take the Warriors on the money line here to get the job done. And again, Sacramento could still qualify, I believe, uh, even if they do lose the game here tonight. Uh, any player props you're looking at here, Scott? Curry over. I mean, they, they can't guard this guy. I, yeah. I feel like Curry's in line to go for a massive game. I think... That Draymond assists is worth a look. I am wondering how the Kings are going to try to deal with the Draymond, all the dribble handoffs and stuff like that. It's a lot to handle for any team. So I think that he's going to be a solid uh, performer in this game. He might be motivated as well. First game back in about a week. So I think, or I think he'll be ready to go. 
I I feel like I have to be scared of Sabonis because he's struggled against Golden State in the last couple of meetings. He was good in the last meeting, I should say, but we saw the playoff series that Looney kind of owns him. I don't mind Looney rebounds in this game. Looney's just done a very good job against Sabonis in the last couple of outings, so I think that Looney rebounds is worth a look. But for the most part, I'm not going to overthink this. Give me Curry points. I think Curry's going to have a great game. Yeah, Looney's rebounds are eight and a half at minus one fifty, and they have Sabonis listed at thirteen and a half for his rebounds. But you kind of look at his game long; he's actually been pretty good rebounding the basketball at least uh, against the uh, against the Warriors. I'm curious to see what his points in uh, rebounds are for Sabonis here tonight. Because let me see. Um, By the way, I'll, I'll read off Sabonis's last couple of games against Golden State rebounding wise. As you pull that up. So regular season, he's been good, but I mean, we saw the playoffs and how that played itself out. Is this a playoff game atmosphere? Maybe. Uh, he had 11 rebounds last game uh, against the Warriors in 37 minutes. At 18, the game before that, 22, 14, 14. So he's had some big games against Golden State, but it seems like the last couple of meetings, it just feels like Golden State has had a good understanding of Sabonis' limitations, and I do think that he might struggle in this matchup because of it. Yeah, it, that number spot on for his points and rebounds right now, 33 and a half. Um, there was two games in there. His first two games with uh, when he got traded from the Pacers to the Kings where he had 19 and 14, which obviously is right, right at 33. But I'm going to dig a little more into it, man. I, I'm worried about the pace in this game. I feel like these two teams will, at least in the first, I'll probably try to get up and down. But all right. Uh, any, other, any other player props? Not really. I, I could see a Fox versus Curry shootout here. So that's another game, or at least I should say matchup. I'm really tempted to just back both players over, kind of like the Shea and the Ant matchup. But no, that's really it. I'll stick with the star power. I think you'd put a parlay together of Steph, De'Aaron Fox, Shea, and Anthony Edwards, 30-plus points. I wonder what that looks like. Uh, All I'll, right. I'll pull that up now. All right, uh, so that is the last game here for tonight. Again, uh, reminder, it is the last day of the uh, in, uh, in NBA in-season tournament group play. So there's a lot at stake. Uh, if you're on our Discord, I'll, I'll go ahead and drop the link again for all the different scenarios I need to kind of play out uh, here tonight uh, for some of these teams here so you can kind of, guys can kind of read through it and help you in your handicapping as well. Um, let's get into our lock and dog here for tonight, Scott, and then we'll put together our underdog fantasy entry here. So, um, you want to lead us off with your lock and dog or you want me to go? Sure. I'll go first for my lock. I see a 13 available. I'll lay the massive number. Give me Boston minus 13. They're going to kill this team. As far as I'm concerned, uh, they've all the, they have all the motivation to dominate. The bulls have nothing to play for. Coach is probably gonna get fired in the next week. I mean, this team has quit on the coach. They've quit on each other. Uh, they had a team meeting after the first game of the season. Surprisingly, haven't had one since. They probably needed about seven more since that point. But I'm going to go with the Celtics to win comfortably. Give me Boston minus 13. They're also incentivized to run up the score because of point differential. I think Boston wins this game by at least 20. So give me the uh, Celtics minus the 13 and a half. Or 13, I mean, which I did find. For the dog, I had a couple of choices. I could have gone player prop or I could have gone with a side I think I am going to go with the side, though. Give me the Rockets money line at around plus 150. I like the spot. Simply put, I think that Luka's finger issue can maybe limit his effectiveness. Houston's a great defensive team. Uh, D- Dallas has really nobody on the interior and a lively 
questionable, but I do think that Shangun could have a massive game here. I like how really quickly the Rockets bought in to Udoka's defensive system, and it's been very beneficial to them and to the franchise in general. So I'm going to go with Houston here. Uh, my runner-up was probably Trey 30-plus points because Cleveland has not been great at defending the point guard position this season, but I do think that I'm going to go with the Rockets' money line. Dallas nothing to play for based on this tournament. They might still care, but I do think Dallas is a little bit fraudulent because they really don't guard anybody, and Houston is a very bad match because they're physical and they're very very willing to challenge anybody on any given night. It just feels like Houston has a lot of pride, something that we did not see at all under Silas for the last couple of years. I'll take Houston to win its first road game at about plus 150. Accountability is what's uh, uh, yeah, that's the word. That's a good word to use. Yeah. For, yeah, the, the locker room uh, for the Rockets after pretty much what guys were able to get away uh, with under the uh, Steven Silas regime. So and Kevin Porter not being there has helped out the defense tremendously. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, for my lock here tonight, I am going to go with the Knicks team total over 116 and a half. Um, like I mentioned, Charlotte, the worst defensive rated team in the association. Two games this season already, they've played head to head, and the Knicks put up 120 plus points in each of those matchups against the Hornets. And now, no Lamella Ball, I think that Knicks will smash them. Uh, again, a healthy squad here for the Knicks here as well. Uh, they have something to play for here as well. So I'm going to go with the Knicks team total over 116 and a half. For my dog, I'm agreeing uh, with you on the Rockets here, but I am going to take it a step further, and I am going to take the Rockets on the money line plus Shangun over 20 and a half points. That gets you to plus 262. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, uh, so Rockets money line and over twenty and a half points for Shane Goon here tonight. That gets you to plus two six uh, plus two sixty two as my dog here for tonight. Um, were you able to get that thirty plus point um, parlay together? Yeah, I was building it, uh, but I, I sorry, I was waiting for the site to cooperate with me. No, uh, wait, uh, I mean, let me go over you, to you. Can start the underdog stuff. It's going to overlap yeah. probably, and we'll okay. move from there. All right, so again, go to underdogfantasy.com. Make sure to use our promo code SGPN. If you don't have an account yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Get over there, make an account, support the network. We do a lot of things, or uh, not a lot of things, but everything we do here for free on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Do us a favor. If you don't have an account already with Underdog Fantasy, go to underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use our promo code SGPN, uh, and you'll get a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100, courtesy of Underdog Fantasy, so you guys can come play alongside with us. All right, Scott, let's start our Underdog Fantasy entry here for tonight. Where do you want to go first? You want to go Trey first? Uh, Yeah, we can either go Trey first, or if you want to do Shangun first, we can do that too. Okay, so let's start with Shangun because we both like him here tonight. So, By the way, I pulled up the parlay. It comes out to... A- about 13 to 1. Okay. Mm, thought it would be a lot higher than that, but I think a lot of those guys Just are like right recap, at like Curry, Fox, yeah. Shea, and Edwards all to have 30 plus is about 13 to 1. Curry and Fox's default lines are at 29 and a half. And yeah. you're looking at Shea's default line being at 30 and a half. So that's why it's relatively, I don't want to say cheap, but that's why it's 13 to 1. Yeah. All right, so we'll go Shangun higher twenty and a half points is our first entry. Um, where else do you want to go? You want to go Trey? Uh, sh- sure. 
Trey's been in great form. It's really tough to go against him. Yeah, 27 and a half points here tonight for Trey. We'll go higher on that. Uh, what else did we like here for tonight? Um, I mentioned Claxton, but since he was questionable about 10 minutes ago, I'm not sure if they have props available for Claxton. He's in. Uh, let me see if it's uh, they have it up yet. I know, I know he's in. I'm saying I'm not sure if Underdog updated. Uh, what are we looking at? Rebounds? Yeah. Uh, I see nine rebounds. Yeah, I'll take the over. Or, or do you want to go spicy and get the double-double? Sure, let's get spicy. Right. Let's go with the 1.5x on the higher than half a double-double. Yeah, there we go. All right, so we'll go Shangoon, higher 20.5 points. Trey Young, higher 27.5 points. And then uh, Nick Claxton, double-double higher on that. That $100 entry. I don't think was that like nine hundred. Right. Why is it saying seventy five hundred dollars? Did we find I a glitch in the system? Oh wait, eh, I added an extra zero. <laughs> All right, a uh, hundred dollar okay. entry will get you seven hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I actually put in a thousand there, but all right, a hundred dollar entry there will get you seven hundred and fifty uh, uh, dollars, uh, courtesy of Underdog for our uh, Underdog entry here for tonight. All right, that is gonna do it. Almost an hour and a half here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, the last day of the in-season tournament as far as group play goes. So a lot of scenarios that we broke down here, different ways to attack a lot of these games here for tonight. So uh, hopefully we found some winners here. But Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? No, not really. Looking forward to the games tonight, and we'll be back tomorrow with Terrell. Yeah, uh, we'll be back at the usual time with Scott and Terrell tomorrow for the NBA Gambling Podcast, 11 a.m. Eastern, so look out for us then. Uh, For the 63 of you watching here tonight, make sure you smash that like button for us uh, before you guys get out of here. If you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button. really helps us out and and grow the show here as well. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter. That's at Reichel Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow for the NBA Gambling Podcast, 11 a.m. Eastern with Terrell and Scott. So look out for the guys then. Until then, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it, give me the ball because I'm going.